<laughs> Welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's leading and only podcast that chronicles Punk Goes Ellipses series to, to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah, nah, what are you laughing at? You were so close. You nearly got there with no trips at uh, all. Slips, it, trips or falls. I, look, I blame it on... I blame it on the Sadie Hawkins pod because right. uh, in my brain I was going to say answer, but then I remembered, no, we're Australian. We say answer. I say answer. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe I say answer as well. Oh, I God think, damn it. I think you do. Yeah, I do. Oh. Well, this has been a bust. Oh, that's going to keep me up tonight. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> I've already I've already got the yawns pretty bad, so... um. I'm hoping that this week's song can energize me a little bit, put yeah. a little bit of pep back in my step, as the uh, children of 1950 said. So this week we are looking at War Ensemble by Slayer, as mm. covered by Bigwig, all one word, for Punk Goes Metal 1 and only. Yeah, yeah. so just Punk Goes Metal then. Punk Goes Metal 1 and done. Yep. I, um... I'm looking and our cat is, he's asleep in the other room, but I think he's also managing to watch me while I'm talking. So <laughs> he'll do that. He'll do that. He's always watching. How's, uh, how's your week been? I think I ate too many chips before I started recording because now yeah. I've got like that dry sort of mouth feeling where you've eaten way too much salt. Yeah. And those um, are just salt chips. Yeah. So they were delicious, but I... Absolutely did not need to be eating as many as I did. And here we are. Um, yeah, aside from that, nah. We've looked at a lot of houses. I am getting sick of looking at rentals. Yes. Um, but I would also like an air conditioner. So yeah, that's the price we pay is having to be adults and look elsewhere. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. Um, Look, I feel like I've maybe planned a bit of a big-ish episode, and this will probably end up only being, like, 30 minutes anyway. That's all right. <laughs> Judging by, like, me saying that I've planned a big episode. Um, so, let's just get into it. Let's start off with some Slayer. All right. Let's do it. So you have the notes there because you have my phone. 
<laughs> Would you? True. We can either like pass it along to to one another, or you can read the uh, the notes about Slayer. Why didn't you just pull up the run sheet on the computer? Because I because this computer is being barely held together by sticky tape. Like I don't want to. I don't want to chance like swapping over between GarageBand and Chrome and GarageBand and Chrome and somehow fucking up the recording. I mean, we managed to have Zoom, GarageBand, the internet running when we recorded with the Sadie Hawkins pod. That is true. <laughs> I guess I'm just superstitious. Well, I'm a little stitious. And... Sorry, I'm just shifting in my vinyl seat. It's fucking sofa. We're just, we're just, we're just ready to leave. Like we're just ready to leave the apartment, leave this couch, leave this one horse town, one horse town. I don't know, but we're not ready to leave you dear listener. No, we're still got a long ride partner. Mm -hmm. So Slayer, they formed in 1981 and they hail from Huntington park, California. Mm -hmm. Uh, they disbanded in 2019. So rip, uh, the original lineup consisted of Tom Araya, Tom Araya, Araya on bass and vocals, Kerry King and Jeff Hanneman on lead guitars, and Dave Lombardo on drums. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Lombardo. Yeah. Well, so I'm just, I'm just proud of you. Well, thank you. Uh, they were discovered or noticed, I should say, by Brian Slagle. Yep founder of Metal Blade Records, while they were opening for the band Bitch in 1983. So Brian Slagle, also Bitch, uh, I looked into them really briefly. That looked like a fun band. In a good way? or a Yeah, kind of, like, I mean, it's it's a... Bitch is fronted by a woman who Sick. changed her last... It's like, Cindy Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is a mood. That's like... Yeah, that's that's great. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so Brian Slagle is huge in the metal community. So like he signed Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure. I mean, Cannibal Corpse is on Metal Blade. Right. I think they've only been on Metal Blade for the entirety oh. of their run. So, you know, all signs point to him signing them. He signed the Black Dahlia Murder to Metal Blade. Mm-hmm. So like he's just like amongst a whole slew of other bands. Like he's just huge. In, wow. In the metal community. Nice. Yeah, just done a lot. Good on you, Brian. Yeah, good good work, Brian. Yeah, you got a friend in us at Punk Goes Pod. Uh, so Slayer has influenced many in pretty much every subgenre of metal, as Sam has reported here. Yep. Uh, though they have also garnered controversy throughout the years, due in part to their imagery, album art, and song lyrics that feature such topics as Satanism and Nazism. They have also been accused of holding Nazi sympathies, and parents have accused the band of influencing murderers. Well, shit. Like, accused of holding Nazi sympathies because, like, for instance, they have a song called Angel of Death, which is about Joseph Mengele from, um, like, the the scientist in the Second World War, German scientist in the Second World War, Mm -hmm. War, whose nickname was Angel of Death. Um, It's not in... It's not in support or in sympathy of him it's just like hey this guy did some fucked up things and let's write a song to kind of the same as how the black dahlia murder are named after the black dahlia yeah after a literal murder yeah Yeah, murder of a woman like yeah yeah Yeah. i i don't know i can sort of i'm i'm kind of 
not conservative in the sense of being a piece of shit, but like, yeah, those kinds of things do squeak me out a bit. Like, yeah. it's kind of like, oof. But also, yeah, that's how some people digest art is they write about it and yeah, not digest, um, not art. I don't know what I'm saying. I ate too many salt chips. I look. I I listen to that and I. I do not get squeaked out nearly as much as if, like, when you, when you look in, when you find a new black metal band and you look into them and you look into their, like, background, like, specifically, are they a national socialist band? Meaning, Mm. are they, are they a white supremacist black metal band? Like, I, I feel very comfortable that Slayer are not that. Um... They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have gotten that fame and infamy. Like they wouldn't have garnered that level of fame if they were. Yeah. Um. And so, like their early days, it was pretty unholy. I guess. Like it was very satanic. But Tom Array is a Christian. Yeah. So, like he's said, I can separate the lyrics, which he doesn't write anyway. Right. Kerry King and Jeff L- Jeff Lombardo, Jeff Hanneman used to when he was still alive, uh, wrote the lyrics. Yep. Um, and Tom is just like, they write the lyrics, I'll sing it, and I know that it doesn't affect my faith. Like, okay. Yeah, although, like, Tom Array is problematic enough in himself, but, like... Right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. No, I wasn't. Um, you have noted here in the notes, if it is permissible, I could give a lesson on thrash, which I certainly think it's permissible. So, Thrash started in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. You have a couple of different locations of Thrash. Okay. Uh, in America, it's in... You get it from, like, New York and mostly California. Right. But, so... So, Slayer, where they originated from, they then... I don't know where where that is in terms... In proximity to Los Angeles, but they very early moved to Los Angeles. Almost as, like... Fuck you to the hair metal bands that like the glam metal bands like Motley Crue, yep. who were from Los Angeles. Yep. Um. So, and then you also had the Bay Area bands, right? Yeah. Kind of, uh, like taking influences from speed metal, the new wave of British heavy metal. Boss is looking at me now, and it's kind of creepy. Just look away from him. <laughs> I can't. It's distracting. So, so speed metal. The new wave of British heavy metal, so bands like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, yep. Motorhead being in like the speed metal category, and then like punk bands, so like the Misfits, yep. that sort of thing. Um, so like you have what's called the big four of thrash metal bands. You have Metallica, mm-hmm. who's like the most famous band out of all of them, one of the most famous bands in the world. Yep. You have Megadeth, which formed after Dave Mustaine, who was the original guitarist for Metallica was kicked out oh. of Metallica because of his alcoholism. Shit. And yeah. he um and so yeah, he formed Megadeth. Then mm-hmm. you had Slayer in Los Angeles. Yep. So like they were both from California, but I think it's like 3 hours or so that separates them. Right. And then you had in New York, you had Anthrax who was ah. influenced by like who was more influenced by the punk side. Yeah. of the thrash scene and yeah, so I would say like Metallica was influenced by Metallica was influenced by bands like yeah like Motorhead and like King Diamond right um, that sort of thing Slayer was heavily influenced by the band Venom okay yeah um, and Megadeth was 
purely in my mind just influenced by Dave Mustaine's like pure driven passion to be better than Metallica because he was an because inc- he's an incredibly bitter man. I can relate to that. So oh, he's every time every time Dave Mustaine opens his mouth, I want to just I want my eardrums to just burst because he, he the second he starts talking, I'm just I'm out like how come like he's he's a good enough guitarist but like fine like he's just he's just such a cringeworthy person okay so a couple of examples I was watching a documentary recently and he about thrash metal and he mm-hmm. said like if it wasn't for him you wouldn't have Metallica Slayer and of course Megadeth which is right. understandable but it's like they didn't really influence Slayer like Kerry yeah. King played for Kerry King the guitarist of Slayer played five shows with Megadeth and then left right because it was getting in the way of Slayer right okay Dave Mustaine, um, so he was doing a either like a tour or it was a festival, and on the bill was a band called Dissection. Now, Dissection, the lead singer John Nodfeed, um, I think they're Norwegian. He he killed himself in two thousand and seven. Okay. In sort of like this satanic kind of suicide. Oh. Um, he was involved in. He was involved in a hate crime where a homosexual man was murdered. So he's not a good person in itself. But Dave Mustaine kicked Dissection off of this this tour or festival. I can't remember. It was either a tour or a festival. It was probably a a festival. He got them kicked off not because of that, but because he was a born-again Christian and they were too satanic. So Hmm. Megadeth... One of the least metal things you can do is kick a band off for being satanic. Yeah. That is the least metal thing you could ever do. He also did, in 2008, a, a remake of... Remake? Re... Like, he redid his song A Toot Le Monde from their album Euthanasia, which was like, already they were getting shit at that point, in my mind. Right. And he got the... Front woman from the Italian operatic metal band Lacuna Coil, Christina oh, yeah. Scabia, on yeah. to do to do the song with him, and he was doing a like Q and A, an AMA for like either Revolver magazine or Kerrang. Yep. And and someone just asked like, oh, what was it like working with Christina Scabia? And so he's like, he's like, oh yeah, she's got a beautiful voice. She's such a beautiful woman. And then it got like it was like almost like dot 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 like you could just stop it right there. Right. But then dot, 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 Dave Mustaine kept happening. And he's like, oh, yeah, we were on, like, we both happened to be on the same, like, festival. And so, like, she came up and did the song with me. And I'm, a, I'm looking over at her and I'm glad I had a guitar in front of my crotch because I had the biggest boner because she's oh. so hot. It's like, dude, just shut up. Yeah. Just, like, you could just stop it right there. And this was, like, nearing 50 at that stage, I think. Like, mm-hmm. you're just gross. And, like... My introduction to Dave Mustaine was from the Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster, and, like, they have almost, like, couples therapy with him and the Metallica drummer Lars Ulrich, because yep. they were the buddies of the band, and then right. and then James Hetfield and Cliff Burton from Metallica kicked him out. Right. And so he just comes off as just this really bitter, whining, just bemoans everything. Like, it seems like everything that could have gone wrong with his with his life after, like, 1984 is Metallica's fault. Right. Like everything, like, stub my toe, that's Metallica's fault. Car broke down, Metallica's fault. 
Like, fucking hell. I just... Yeah. Ugh! So, yeah, you got the big four. Yep. There's more bands. You got the big four in Germany, which mm-hmm. is Creator, Destruction, Tankard, and... I'm blanking on the line. Oh, Sodom. Right. Well. Um, I didn't. Re- I didn't plan on that becoming such a Dave Mustaine shit fest. I'm picturing that meme of like, I think they're either at like a game or in a club, and it's just like a girl and a guy, and the guy's just like talking at the girl, and her eyes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of those. There's like the one at the yeah the ball game. There's one at the pub or the, the club <laughs> or whatever, and she's just got a beer in her hands. It's like I saw a video version of that where it was the same thing. Yeah, so... Uh... But no, I did find that very interesting. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, basically... Yeah, out of the out of the four bands... And so I had my hot takes on Slayer. Slayer Slayer's adored mm-hmm. uh, in the metal community. Um, my opinion is they have three and a half terrific albums and then everything else is just okay. Right. Um, so, but like in that... Their album, I think it's 1986's Rain and Blood. Right. I think it's... I know the album, but I think it's released in 1986. Is the best thrash metal album ever to be released. Definitively or like according to you? According to me. Right. It's it's definitively, in my mind, the best thrash album ever. Right. They just... They came in and were just legitimately scary. Yeah. Compared to Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax. They just had an actual, like, evil sound to them. And they definitely... They're definitely the thrash band that influenced death metal. Right. And, look, Norwegians probably would argue it because it's American, but, like, it definitely was the American band that... that, that One of the, like... Out of all the bands that influenced black metal, like, the Norwegian, the you know, the American band that influenced black metal would have been Slayer as yep. well. Whew. Yeah, I've been talking a lot. You have. That's that's good because I don't have anything to offer on. Is, this is topic. there anything you want to know? Uh, what's for dinner? <laughs> pies. Yum. Um. I'll slay some pies. Uh, um. I don't know. I think like I always, and again, like this is pretty common when it comes to just the different genres of metal but like i never realized that thrash was sort of characterized by being dark to me thrash was just like hard you have different versions so right yeah like metallica's not like that and and definitely the later they got the older they got like it it definitely changes right um yeah, and like Anthrax. Anthrax was out of the four of them the fun band, like the sort yeah. of like party band. Yep. And you do have you do have bands, um, you do have bands that are the sort of fun bands. More so in newer thrash, like Municipal Waste is they have an album called The Art of Partying. Like, oh. It's it's just it's like fast heavy music, but just with what slayer were singing about mm. like their lyrical content and their sound really was like it's compare it to everything like the other four band the other three bands yeah and even even outside of that like i guess like the big eight which would be like exodus 
testament overkill dark angel mm-hmm. as well um it is like it's the it's the scariest thing out of all of that like compare it to the german stuff the german stuff is is on the same level like that's also pretty pretty raw as yep. well yeah okay do you want to know about the brazilian big four um <laughs> I feel like this is an episode where I should have just been like, you know what? Like, take this one and I'll take one by myself at some point. Um, But look, happy to be here. Cool. I Yeah. yeah. So, do we have any more things about Slayer? We just have the info about War Ensemble itself. Okay. So... Uh, War Ensemble was released on the 1990 album Seasons in the Abyss. Mm-hmm. The album was produced by famed producer Rick Rubin, who has worked on the likes of License to Ill by the Beastie Boys, Yo! Bum Rush the Show by Public Enemy, and Danzig by... Danzig. You guessed it. I believe um, on You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party, mm-hmm. the guitar solo is Kerry King. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Um, And that's it. Yeah. What do we think of the song? Oh, I think... Well, so my take on them having three and a half good albums, Mm. or like terrific albums, and then the rest is just okay. Um, So Seasons is the half album. Right. But this is is one of the shining moments from that album. Right. Right. like between that and Seasons in the Abyss, mm-hmm. they're the only two tracks that stand out to me. Yep. Um, yeah. No, I think this is. It is. It's just. It's heavy. It pummels. Mm-hmm. I don't know if necessarily he has a good voice, but it's it's perfect for what this is. Yeah. Which is just. It's just. Uh, I don't want to use cliches, but it's just kind of bestial. Like it's. Right. Yeah. Like it's. It's a song about, I mean, it's a song about war. It doesn't necessarily glorify war, which they definitely later on became one of those, like, not a war metal band, because that's its own genre, but, like, it's, they were definitely one of those bands that, like, soldiers were definitely heavily into, and, like, people who ride motocross were into Slayer. Um, I, and, like, other bands like that were, like, Disturbed and five finger five finger death punches like they go to a like war zones right <laughs> as much as they can okay um but yeah like this is more about you know you do all this training and then you gotta you gotta go to war and it's you know it's almost like keeping score on how many people you've killed and that's upsetting yeah but like not in a not in a glorifying way in like. Uh, hey, maybe war is kind of fucked kind of way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know, what do you think? Not much. Like, it's fine. It just doesn't resonate with me. Mm. And I, like, gun to my head, I could not tell you anything about that song. Yeah. And I literally just listened to it. Out of, and... I wonder if this is maybe the easiest Slayer song to do for a Punk Goes mm. song, because... Couldn't really do Raining Blood. Uh, you couldn't really... I mean, they, they probably wouldn't want to touch Angel of Death just with its yeah. lyrical content. Yeah. Um, seasons, it's a bit slow. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Yeah, I think this is probably the best that has that sort of, like, really fast, like, almost, like, punk-inspired... Because they were inspired by punk as well. Like, you could see it even on the film clip. Jeff Hanneman's guitar has a dead Kennedy sticker on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I... I mean, I do think this is... As, as a Slayer fan, mm-hmm. I do think this is... A really this is this is a really good song that's not their best. Yeah. That I would probably I don't even it would probably be in my top ten, but it wouldn't be in my top five favourite Slayer songs. Right. Okay. Um Sorry, I'm just taking a breath. That's okay. No, you are definitely carrying this episode. Um Yeah, I feel bad because like Slayer are one of those bands that you well not you should know, but like you should know, <laughs> and but like that's not you. That's not your yeah. musical tastes. But like, I always liked the idea of thrash metal, but I obviously got the wrong end of the stick. Like, I mean, you've definitely, I've definitely had Slayer playing in the car when we're going to get groceries and that sort of stuff in the past. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I don't know which. I don't know which form of thrash you might enjoy. I know one thrash song you enjoy, mm-hmm. which is institutionalized by suicidal tendencies. Because ah. that's they're they're considered I just that punk. Well, they're considered like that really, like if Anthrax was punk inspired thrash, suicidal tendencies is punk inspired thrash. Like turned up. I hate to use this cliche, but turned up to eleven. Like, okay. that's very much, that's hardcore punk-inspired thrash. Yeah. Um, and that's that's another thing that makes Slayer stand out from the other three is, like... And again, I hate to use the cliche, but, like, they're running at a 10, Slayer's running at an 11. Yeah. Like, they just... Everything. It was just harder, heavier, faster. Like, no, none of them. None of the other guitarists were as fast as Kerry King or Jeff Hanneman, like... Does fast equate to good, though? Oh, yeah. Like, not... It doesn't equate to good, but they are good. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Don't. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's... So, I guess if, like, I should probably keep you away from the hardcore Slayer fans, then. Would you like to talk about the hardcore Slayer fans? No, we should talk about Big Week. Or should we talk about the fans first? Let's talk about let's talk about the fans and then we'll go into Big Week. Okay. Yeah. What would the plaque say? Bam. That brought true meaning to people for bringing out so much aggression, so much pleasure, so much hatred, so much blood, so much tears, so much wisdom. This band brought it. It's pretty serious. So. So the the, the fandom, I've equated uh, Slayer fans to it's the it's the male version, it's the male equivalent of when girls scream at you know like the Beatles or right. Justin Bieber or One Direction. Like you just have these dudes with long hair. And like wearing no shirt, and probably they've probably like like lost a shoe in the pit, and like 
somewhere along the line their girlfriend is somewhere and they're just like they're half buzzed mm. and like dirt on their face because of the pit again yeah this is a festival okay. and they just they just scream slayer like, right just, I'm not gonna do it because I'm in an apartment and I don't know if I have the energy to just go slayer slayer oh you just did just kind of did yeah yeah it's I think just with with uh, like out of the big four at least like that's that's a band that has a rabid fan base. Like, right. Because Metallica... Because Metallica in 1991 released self, the self-titled album, which is also the, you know, the album called Metallica, but it's also dubbed the Black Album. Yep. Um, and it, it had that... I think it was played on radios. Like, it was... People consider it them sl- selling out. Yeah. Um, but it's... Like they just changed their sound and and had a very radio friendly release and it was hugely popular for them. You know they're one of the biggest bands in the world for you know good reason. Yeah. So yeah, like I don't want to say that Metallica's fan base is more well adjusted, but you have you have people who who could listen to Metallica and also listen to I don't know like Nickelback and right. And, there like there'd be no issue there whereas slayer slayer drew a fan base that was like slayer was their ride or die like yeah. they that was their band to stand by like they were they were like metallica was too popular if you were to wear a metallica shirt you wouldn't get you wouldn't get mocked because like they were just too damn popular Megadeth and Anthrax were probably too under the radar, but yeah. enough people knew Slayer right. that, like, if people who didn't like metal would probably make fun of someone wearing a Slayer shirt. So people who wear wear a Slayer shirt or listen to Slayer, it's almost like it's almost like their personality. And right. so the fan base are just. Well, I, look, it, it's lovely for the band, I guess. But yeah, they mm. just they just love the band. Yeah. So much. Uh, like, I showed you the video of the guy. Who, yeah. Who's yeah. just talking... All he's doing is he's just talking about what it means to be a Slayer fan. And and he's... I mean, yeah. I'm only barely, like, doing it better than he did. But, like, he sums it up by basically... He's, he sums it up by just screaming the word Slayer. He's like, when you see someone else who's wearing a Slayer shirt and you just scream oh Slayer... And then the two of you make eye contact and you know. Could you describe a typical Slayer fan? Slayer fan. A typical. A guy just would literally out of nowhere just yell, Slayer! And, you know, just, and go and, and, you know, and, and when you see a friend walking down the street and you see that guy's wearing a Slayer shirt too, you know, you can literally, you, you know, you know, you can deal. You know. You know what? You know that you're thinking, you know. You know. Just gendered kind of discourse. Like, they tend to get ragged on a lot for liking bands. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, we'll name X them out of their songs or like something like yeah. that. Like, although in saying that, I suspect that Slayer fans do get a similar level of like, that's ridiculous. 
So, like, my argument doesn't necessarily compute. But there's part of me that feels a bit sort of pissed that this type of fandom is considered more legitimate than other types of fandom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... I. The metal metal fandom can be pretty toxic. Oh, I think every fandom can be toxic if you give it enough. But like, I'm sure if we if we were to sit down with some female metal musicians, like they'd have some stories. Oh god, yeah. they'd have some they'd have some stories that would curl your hair. Yep. I don't know if that's a, a saying. Turn your hair white. Okay. There you go. Yeah. But even just like. Or, like, when I go see bands, though, I do see plenty of girls in the crowd. Yeah. Mostly with their boyfriends, but, like, I'm not there being... I'm not saying, like, oh, they're only there because their boyfriends are there, but, like, they're two like-minded people that have found each other. Good on them. Yes. Um, Yeah, I just... Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't really... I mean, I can't understand what it's like to to be a a woman into heavy metal and going to heavy metal shows. Mm. That sort of thing. But, yeah, it's... I don't know where we got onto that tangent, but... That was all you, baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I always need to be careful in talking about fandoms and stuff because I was very much that kid. Like, I was a huge fan of Green Day, Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance. Like, so I can't sort of to sort of be like oh that's yeah. what like but I think for me it's when it gets toxic or like exclusionary or for instance like Swifties or like BTS Army ones like that where they're very much they will swarm people who talk poorly of the musician or the band that yeah. they love and it's just kind of like I mean we we saw the example of that with friend of the pod Richard S. Oh, he with fuck, that was with ridiculous. the Taylor Swift documentary and people weren't willing to read what he said. Yeah. They were just willing to to read the headline and which I feel like so many people get their information just from a headline. Oh yeah. Um I mean I've done it in the past. But like they were willing to only get information from the headline and wrote him off immediately. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, no, not forgiven. Yeah. It's like also, he just said something like that wasn't that that wasn't that controversial. He didn't even write the headline. No, um, it, and that's exactly right. Um, but I I do sorry to cut you off. I do remember I spoke to my mum mm. um, about this sort of stuff as well because I was like, "Were you one of those screaming girls when you saw Ben?" She's like, "Oh yeah." And yeah. I was like, so "What what is it?" She's like, "I don't know. You just get so excited that you just want to scream." Yeah. Yeah. But her, her fandom is more the Carlton Football Club. That's yes. that's where she would get lots of stuff. But look, I had like four Slipknot posters on my wall when I was big into Slipknot. Yeah. I had a Slipknot shirt. I mean, I have a Black Dahlia Murder tattoo. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't cast stones. No, I have uh, a My Chemical Romance tattoo. You do. And a squirrel tattoo. Yeah. Because you're a squirrel fangirl. Yeah. Absolutely. Squirrel girl, fangirl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so it's it's just... Yeah, I, I... On the one hand, I can see it being a good community, the yeah. Slayer fans, but I could also see... Because it's like... 
one of the Jenners deigned to dare to wear a Slayer shirt. That's right, because, yeah. Like, who knows? She might fucking like Slayer. Who knows? Probably not. But you can also just, like... It's, like the shirts are cool. That's the thing. Like, it sounds counterproductive, but, like, that's still free advertising for the band. Yeah. Whenever you wear band merch, you are advertising that band to other people. So, yeah. if it looks sick, then who cares? Like, yeah. fucking wear it. Like, it's... They... Like some of the sickest designs are the eighties thrash oh, designs. No. Like like every like there wasn't a bad Metallica album cover. No. Like there wasn't a bad Slayer album cover in the eighties. Like Yeah. It's they're they're wicked designs. Like who gives a flying fuck? Like you can still enjoy that band. Yeah. And and it, it's exactly as you said, like it's free publicity. Like the the guitarist who replaced Jeff Hanneman and Gary Holt, mm-hmm. who is also the gu- guitarist for Exodus, um, seems like a very cool dude. But he also, like, in response to that, on one of their sh- like on one of their sets, he wore a shirt that said "Kill the Kardashians." Whoa! Um, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's just, it 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 also threatens the hardness and the masculinity mm. and the serious image this band has created as well I don't know like you can have a little bit of fun as we do see in the big wig cover like you can have a little bit of fun with it yeah and that's one of the things that that attracted me to the Black Dahlia murder is that they had fun they still do like have fun yeah (laughs) I'm saying fun a lot so this is probably a good time to start talking about that cover I guess one of those bands who unfortunately didn't have too much to offer in way of information. Yeah. Um, I got that they formed in 1995 and they're from New Jersey. Okay. And really like, it's basically like, yep, they formed, they toured. Uh, are they still around? They might be, I don't know. Um, I did listen to a bit of their stuff. Yeah. Pretty cool. Okay. Like, I'd, I'd definitely go back to it. Like, just cool punk stuff. Um, I did enjoy, though, they played 
Um, I think it was in Montreal. It's called the Montebello Rock Festival, formerly the Amnesia Rock Festival. Mm-hmm. So what I found interesting was that the controversy section is longer than the history section <laughs> of the festival. And I just wanted to go through like a couple of them because it's just, it's funny. Um, so one of the things that, that really cracked me up is that the band Five Finger Death Punch mm-hmm. got into a fight with no effects. Okay. Because Fat Mike kept ragging on kept ragging on Five Finger Death Punch on stage. Oh my god. What a... At the 2014 edition, a feud erupted between No Effects and Five Finger Death Punch after the former band's frontman, Fat Mike, spent most of his set making fun of the latter. Five Finger Death Punch vocalist Ivan Moody responded by dedicating their song Burn MF to No Effects. Also, Ivan Moody, like, he had a set a couple of years ago where I think he was just super drunk, but he pretended his mum had died. And so he's like, I can't, I can't do this. My oh mum's dead. And like, he just left. And people were like, oh no. And then like, I think it was his sister the next day. I was like, her mum's not dead. Oh my God. <laughs> How much like, I'm, I, I, I'm kind of tickled by that story. The, the fat Mike story. Right. And also not surprised that he would be a shit stirrer. Yeah. A hundred percent. I am not, Surprised that he would stir the pot. Well, I think, like, watching that, um, doco that I watched on a podcast stream last year, the other F word, I think it was, which is talking about being a father and all that. And yeah. Just, like, just watching Fat Mike, I was like, yeah, you seem like you'd be, like, hugely annoying at times. Yeah. After the, after the 2016 edition, a member of the Twisted Sister crew claimed that their experience performing at the festival as part of the Twisted Sister farewell tour, was the worst festival ever and urged fans to go elsewhere for subsequent years, with one of the complaints being the absence of potato chips in the dressing room. Oh my god. Despite the previous year's controversy, Twisted Sister frontman Dee Snyder returned to perform at Rockfest in 2017 with his solo band. Of course he <laughs> bloody did. Fucking potato chips. Like, also, you're Twisted Sister, you're not the Rolling Stones. Where you can just, like, snap your fingers and a Diet Coke appears in your hands. It's just... Oh, man. Like, we th- this experience sucked because we didn't have potato chips on our rider. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> what do you think about this cover? Again, I can't tell you much about it, but I like that partway through they just sort of start to almost, like, jazz out with it a it, bit. Yeah, it's kind of like surf lyrics, or not lyrics, but like, not surf music, but yeah, it's it's very jazzy. Yeah. In the interlude, it's, um, I get the feeling, like, I wonder if they looked at it and went, there's no way we're getting to that speed in terms of guitar solo. Because, <laughs> like, the, the first guitar solo was very much just, um... Like harmonics and a whammy board, like it's right. very, it's very basic. Yeah, um, it's good, does yeah. the job. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's, it's very basic. And then, and then the drummer goes crazy because you can hear like the front man like calling out to him, mm-hmm. and then it, j- it jumps into jazz, which I'm all for because, as we discussed previously about Slayer fans, I'm sure if you diverged from the material the original material too much, it's going to fucking offend yeah. metal fans. 
and I'm a metalhead, but I also love when metalheads get their uh, their proverbial knickers in a twist as well. <laughs> I just love seeing what, like, again, like it's t-shirts on a celebrity that like pisses yeah. metalheads off. It's like I get it; those were probably the people that made fun of you in high school, but you're an adult now, and they're an adult, and they can wear whatever they want. You can still listen to that, like, yeah, um, yeah. I think it does a really good job. Like, I think it matches. Slayer's performance and he even has like a really good vocal performance the lead singer of Big yeah Week. he does yep. um, and yeah I, I, I like this is the first sort of real metal song that we've tackled out of the metal album like I think we might be done with ballads which I'm hoping mm, that would um, be good but yeah like it's it's one that I don't really, I don't really have any complaints about. Like I listened to it and went, okay, that's actually a really, that's a, it's a, it's a close cover that makes it its own. Yeah. Especially in that middle part. Like I really enjoy that middle part. Like yeah. it's silly. Yeah. It really is. But again, you can have a good time with metal. Yeah. Metal should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm talking so much. No, I'm glad you are because, like I said, I. And out of my depth here, and also, I think just I ate too much salt before, and I can't remember anything about either song. Dehydrated. Yeah, pretty much. Shrunk your brain. That's what, yep. That's what happens with dehydration, isn't it? Doesn't Absolutely. It? Your, yeah, your brain shrink. Yep. It's one of those details my dad used to tell me if I didn't drink enough water. <laughs> brain will shrink, Samuel. <laughs> Don't want a small brain. Gets, gets, late, gets too small and it rattles around your your head like like the lone bean in a can. <laughs> bean, bean can. Fuck's sake. You bean boy. Please stop. It's too much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like good on you, big wig. Yes. You've got a stupid name for a band. That's a ridiculous that's a ridiculous band name like it's ridiculous to see war ensemble performed by slayer as covered by bigwig i think it's cute it matches the levity that they bring to the song but like as i said i listened to some of their stuff and it's really good yeah it's really good just straight up 90s punk sweet yeah that sounds really good yeah i would recommend yeah yeah all right other covers territory. So first up, why don't you give us your opinion on a dude playing this on ukulele? I hate it. It's and look, I don't have any ill will towards the guy, but it's just 
that joke is run into the ground. Like, just, I'm gonna play metal, but on something really soft. And I'm gonna mug while I do it, and look silly. It's just like, I know, like, that has been done to death over the years. Yeah. This might have been one of the first ones, though. Um, it's... Look, I'll say it's it's well done. Um, I'm just uh, putting this up here. I'm just going to make sure it doesn't... Yeah, so six years ago. So this was 2015. Um, I think it's well done, though. Like it's, It it's, is very... Like, he's very clever. Yeah, very. it's very impressive. I get what you mean about the mugging, though. It, yeah, it just it falls into a category of humour where it's like... 20 seconds of that, I'm like, ah, ha, ha. Yeah. That's it. That's all I need. I, I only listened to... Like, we only listened to, like, half of it because it, it, with these sorts of covers, it gets to a point, and mashups as well, like, it gets to a point where it's like, I get it. Yeah. I don't. I would rather just listen to the original source material. Yeah. Unless you're someone like Neil Sissirega, who does it really cleverly. And yeah, sort of knits in different things. Yeah, it's not just going to be like, it's not just like, ah ha ha, smash mouth over... Smash mouth? Smash mouth over smash mouth. <laughs> there you go. It's, you know, it interlays a whole bunch of different stuff and it's also very funny. Mm. It's also very clever. This is very clever. I think adding the drums was really good to it. Yeah. Like a really good addition because it would just be ukulele. Um, I mean, it is just ukulele and drums, but yeah, it's, it is. I also understand where you're coming from. It's like, oh, ha ha. Yeah. Fucking ukulele doing Slayer. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But the next one does involve a full band. Like, I, I, it's very... This is very well done. Um, they're all just teenagers, and it just takes me back to high school, though. Like, I just... Mm. just makes me smile, because it just takes me back to high school. Yeah. Um, and I'm jealous of that kid who had a... A Dean guitar, because I always wanted one of those. What's a Dean guitar? So it's like... You might reckon, remember it from the video. It's the one that has the head that's like... Like a big V. Yeah. Right. And it's... I don't know. They put a lot of they put a lot of energy into it. They can match the song. Um, you know, a teenager is maybe not going to have the sort of bass in his voice that Tom Araya does, but I don't know. It just makes me wish I was back in music room practicing with my punk band in high school. Yeah, yeah. I think covers like this one, they don't have to be technically perfect it's just it's the energy of them mm. um it's technically there though like, and that's the yeah. like they're very like they're bloody good but yeah. i wouldn't care if they weren't i do love the effect of them putting on the filter of it looking like a vhs because 
it like it, it looks like it was filmed in 1990, but then it, the timestamp has it at 2018. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good on you, I guess, but like, yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like, ah, that was not filmed for VHS no. recently. And the last one, we have talked about them in the past. Um, I'm going to bring it up. I can't remember what their their uh, YouTube name is. Uh, Audrey One Two Three Talks. kind of delightful so two japanese siblings that just rock out on guitar one on one on guitar one on bass the the girl playing the bass who does the singing um the bass is not quite there like she's like playing in parts but like she's like 10 though isn't she yeah i I, it's it's yeah all right (laughs) (laughs) i you said that, then I realised, oh yeah, I'm critiquing a little girl. <laughs> and her singing is awesome. Yeah, like, oh, the singing's great. Yeah. Like, the guitar, the guitar, the other sister on the guitar is, like, sort of where it's at. Like, yeah. That's, that's where it, like, really kicks ass. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I want to see them in, like, a not a favourite band of mine, but a band that I've, you know, listened to from time to time in my like in the last 20 years or so not 20 years but like last 15 years or so is a band called Goalhammer from Japan and mm-hmm. they're, they're split up they've been split up forever but it's yeah an all girls trio and it's like a sludge nice. doom metal band so like, I want to see these girls in a couple of years doing something like that yeah yeah again I just love the energy like and just going by the videos of theirs that we've watched in the past, like, they have such a broad knowledge of music. Yeah. Like, it's just insane. I love it so much. Because, like, they've done... They do um, they do songs by bands like Slayer. Yeah. Um, they also do songs by, like, Evanescence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe even Avril Lavigne. They I might feel have, like they might They have... might have done some Avril yeah. covers. It's... It's that moment of that that really sort of special home video moment. The same feeling I got when I first saw Buff Corral. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could watch this for hours. They're great. I love that this girl is just screaming the war ensemble lyrics yeah. while wearing a Minecraft shirt. <laughs> it's just yeah. the cherry on top. It's just so cute. 
It's very wholesome and it makes me happy. Because they're also just like, it's, they obviously like, they, they enjoy their craft. They enjoy playing together. And they're also just very good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We should get them on the pod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. Well. Hell yeah or yeah nah. I'll give both a hell yeah because I don't not like them. I just truly don't have anything to offer to the conversation. Yeah. But in saying that, like, this song inspired some cool covers, including Big Week's cover. Yeah. So that's a double hell yeah. It is. So next week... So you're hell yeah as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hell yeah for both. Good. Uh, So next week... We are looking at California Love by Tupac and Dr. Dre as covered by My American Heart for my, for Punk Goes Crunk. Oof. Yeah, we got to go down that one again. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, in the meantime, enjoy yourselves. Look after yourselves. Look after each other. Look after each other. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs>